Welcome to the Resilient Sessions mini-sodes. Over the next few minutes, Stu Harris will tell his story. So hello everyone, my name is Stuart Harris. I served uh, 13 years in the 1st Battalion of the Welsh Guards uh, in places like um, Northern Ireland, Bosnia, Kosovo, Iraq and uh, later Afghanistan. And it was well there on my second tour in Afghanistan uh, in 2012 um, where on September 6th I was in a convoy and our vehicle went over an IED, uh, improvised explosive device, a bomb. And all I remember at the time was uh, the whole world going dark. I don't know whether that was mud showering over the top of us or just me going unconscious, but the only thing I do remember was hearing this Scottish voice. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm in hell. But it was worse. I was in Birmingham. Birmingham Queen Elizabeth Hospital. And uh, that Scottish voice turned out to be a very nice man, Dr Kirkwood. And he informed me of a few things that I'll never forget. He informed me of where I was. And uh, he said, um, you have been involved in an IED attack. And uh, that's caused you to um, damage... Well, you have five lobes in your brain, he explained. And he said that's major damage to your frontal temporal and the optical lobe uh, which has caused you to be blind in the right eye partially blind in the left from the blast you're deaf in the right ear partially in the left and unfortunately you crushed one of your testicles and the other one is in your stomach i'll be honest i've had better days uh, but with the magic of modern medicine uh, i was able to have uh, on a steroid program to get sight back in my left eye I have hearing aids, uh, which I now use to my advantage when the kids are doing me head in. And the testicle thing, I have two girls. I have no interest of having any more. So that, that actually worked in my favour. must be the first guy to be paid to have a vasectomy or, or something like that. But um, as I got better physically, my mental health uh, started to take a, a massive uh, turn for the worst. Um, as the brain repairs, I, I, I remembered the guys that we lost. I lost um, three guys on July 1st in what's called the Green on Blue. And what that is is when uh, friendly Afghan forces attack friendly coalition forces. And uh, we went to a compound one day and the um, police that we were helping turned on us and killed three of my friends uh, in, a, in a split second and also seriously injured our commander. Uh, so we went from a team of eight to a team of four in a matter of minutes and I went through a, a long period of you know questioning why not me why them you know they were so young to the point where things became more difficult I was diagnosed with something called um, post-traumatic stress disorder and I was put on some medications and stuff but I found that really difficult still I, I would start wetting the bed I don't know if that was because of the nightmares you know they felt so real or if that was medication related I would have these outbursts. I was, wasn't a very nice person to be around anymore. Uh, snappy on my wife, my children. Asked them to leave because I truly believed that they would be better off without me. And until one day, I just, I'd just i have these arguments that in my head that would last all day. So one day I just went down to my local beach and um, I took my shoes and socks off and I started to wade into, into the water and I just thought I'm just going to swim out there until I don't have the energy to swim back. 
And as I started swimming, I just had a vision of my girls being bullied at school for what I was about to do. And um, and I couldn't go through with it. And I went home, it was sopping wet. And I remember being stood in the kitchen and told my wife what I was about to do, which was uh, one of the most difficult things I've had to, had to explain. And she called 999 and I was placed in a mental health unit. A mental health unit is, uh, if, if you haven't had the luxury of being in one, it's like the worst all-inclusive ever. Uh, you just can't get out, but all the food's free and the accommodation is not too bad. I was there for a long time. Uh, I was there for about three months altogether. It felt a lot longer. But about the eight-week period, a guy came in, and uh, I remember him saying, um, does anyone does anyone want to come and play golf? And I was like, you know, does it get me out of here? Uh, so my hand was straight in the air and he, go, he explained that, yeah, we go to a local driving range. And I went down there and um, we started talking. He was a veteran and um, I was no good at the golf thing. Balls were going left, right, behind me and all sorts. But I did hit one good shot and that was me addicted to golf. But I soon realised that the game of golf was not so much about actual playing, but everything that's around it, you know, exercise, fresh air, socialising. Um, and it really, really helped me going out with, on these golf sessions with this guy, talking to him and getting better. And we'd have these conversations all the time and he'd say things like, you know, how can anyone love you if you don't love yourself? And I'd take all these things on board and have really think about them because I had a lot of time to think about things in that mental health unit. And uh, day by day, the more conversations we had, the more I went out, the more got you know fresh air and exercise and uh, and socialising again and feeling good about myself I managed to get out of there and and things got back on the on the straight and narrow slowly I was uh, able to take part in military charities climbed Kilimanjaro did the three peaks as well as uh, joining my local golf club which was at the time was a really big challenge I don't think any anything about going to my club now but going into a, a club that you've never been part of before was a huge step for me. Being able to take my children to school again might seem like the most natural thing in the world, but at the time, you know, that was a massive step and uh, it's something that I really used to enjoy and I, and, I, and I still do very much enjoy the rarity when I get to take my children to school. I enjoy working with uh, the Wales Golf Union and going round to other clubs and children's uh, groups and, and ladies' uh, sections and telling them about my story. Uh, and about you know a, a mental health and how we all have mental health, whether it be good or bad. Every single one, no one, no one is exempt from it. But it's how we how, how we deal with it. And I always tell people it's okay to have you know bad days because without the bad days you don't have good days. But um, it, it's it's important to deal with it in a healthy way. I, uh, I'm no saint, you know, I, I've, I climbed into a bottle once or twice um, and it's just not the answer. All it does is makes it ten times worse. Uh, so that's a little bit about me and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. If you've been affected by any of the issues discussed here in the podcast, then please have a look at our webpage or show notes where you'll be able to find more information. Thank you for downloading this episode. And why not subscribe and share it with your friends and family? You never know who it might help.
The Resilient Sessions has been inspired by Making Generation R, a campaign which aims to create a generation of resilient people across the UK. The series is brought to you by Blesner, the Limbless Veterans Charity, and is based on an original idea by Cy Harmer and The Drive Project. The Resilient Sessions are supported by Openreach and produced by The Drive Project.